Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and today's episode is a New York City episode. Um, You're getting two episodes this week because I couldn't post last week's episode. I was at a conference and couldn't get a hold of a computer that would allow me to update or upload uh, last week's episode. So thank you for your patience. Um, So you get two this week. This week is a New York episode because we're talking about raises. So when last year, when there was a teacher's raise, I went into depth and was able to give a lot of information about the raise and and what it meant. Um, And then there was a principal's raise and I didn't do an episode about it, probably because I was a little upset. And then there was a management raise a few weeks ago. So management doesn't fall under a union, but I found out that there is an association for managers. So although they don't do collective bargaining, they do advocate for they do advocate for managers. Um, at the city level. And the reason I say this is a New York episode because we are really unique uh, in a lot of ways. And I wanted to go over just the raises because something else happened financially for some principals and managers that all equaled into more money, right? And so we all want more money. Some of us uh, maybe really good with our finances and we can invest more or we can work on some project when we get an increase in our salary. Some of us are not uh, doing as well with our money management and we have uh, debts that we have to pay off. And then some people just have emergencies that came that they weren't expecting and they have to, and the more money you know, in gaining more money can be really helpful. So let's talk about the raises. I want to say at this point, it's probably about 18 months ago, DC 37, which is a large union in New York City, they negotiated a raise, which gave them a $3,000 signing bonus, along with 3% retro, um, increases for every year. And the city, generally like how it normally does, just kind of replicated that with every union. So then the UFT got a similar deal 
And I will try to link the episode that I did on the UFT raises in the show notes of this episode. And then that was followed by the CSA getting a similar like 3% for every year that was retro. It was like 3%, 3%. And then the last two years, you went from to 3.25% to 3.5%. And some people like to average those all together and say like, oh, you got like a 16.5% raise. But that's not really how it works because you're getting these incremental raises, which don't add up to the whole um, amount if you just had they been given all at one time. That's what's happening. And then in a couple of weeks ago, management received a similar raise, except it's three, 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 uh, and then 2.5 at the final year. So why does this all matter? It matters because you're getting an increase in your salary. And we always talk about either lifestyle drift or lifestyle inflation. So you get these little raises and you are like, yes, now I'm making, you know, whatever amount you thought when you were younger or when you started your career was going to make a difference and really was going to allow you to spend money the way you want to spend money. But as you prepare for retirement, you have to realize that the more money that you're spending, that increases your financial independent number. So I always endeavor with these races to kind of freeze my spending so that I know that I can still retire because I'm living on the salary and a lifestyle that I'm used to living on and I can take those extra funds and in my case, invest more. In other cases, you may be able to pay off debt. You may be able to save for a goal. It just gives you a lot of flexibility if you're able to freeze your spending and invest the difference. So it's something you have to think about. Last week, Friday, no, it wasn't last week, Friday. Yep, last week, I gave a workshop for some elementary school teachers about their benefits and how they can maximize their benefits. And the question was asked, how much should I be putting away for retirement? And you guys know, I don't really like the rules. I think that they're helpful in giving you a guideline if you don't know what you want to do, but it doesn't work for everyone. So seeing as it doesn't work for everyone, I don't encourage anyone to try to fit themselves in a box. Although if you save 15% or you put 15% of your gross salary into a retirement account and invest it, you're guaranteed to have enough money by the time you need to retire. So I generally guide people to the 15%, but I don't know your situation. And so you have to look at all of your expenses, what is happening in your life to see if you can afford the 15%. And even though I think it's you're independent and you should do whatever makes sense for you. I always say like, you can't afford not to do the 15% because it will affect you on the back end when you're ready to retire if you put in less than that. 
unless you started investing really young. So if you started investing when you got your first summer job, then, hey, the 15% may not matter. So again, personal finance is personal and you have to decide what to do. But I also instructed these teachers who said, you know, I can't afford to put that much away every year they get a slight increase as their salary steps increase. So I said, you know, just that increase, calculate what it is. It's 1%, 2%. And so over time, you will slowly hit the max contribution into your retirement account without it being really painful. The beauty of these raises is that you know when the raise is coming, and when you can make the adjustment. If you work for New York City Public Schools when you get these raises, generally the teacher's retirement system sends you out an email that says, hey, your raise or your signing bonus is about to hit your account. Why don't you increase your contribution so that you know, you're contributing more to your retirement. And a lot of people take them off on these offers. Some people don't even realize what they're talking about and then are upset when they're like, oh my God, I wish I would have done that. Now, I almost had that uh, experience because I woke up this week to two or three phone calls before eight o'clock in the morning (laughs) to say, hey, did you get this extra money in your paycheck? And I didn't know what they were talking about. So I went and I invested, gated, it, and lo and behold, there was extra money, a significant amount of extra money in my paycheck. And so I started investigating, started, you know, contacting all the people that I knew about another raise. So because a raise happened, I thought like, well, maybe this is my retro and that sort of thing. But the city, I guess there was an arbitration, um, I guess a class action arbitration, which found that when a teacher went to a principal position or an AP position, they did not receive their summer pay. So we are paid a salary over 12 months, although we only work 10 months. What that means in New York is that, you know, payroll opens and you begin to get paid and then it kind of closes in May and you're supposed to get your summer checks. Usually if you get a paper check, you'll get all the stubs for the summer before you leave school. And that pays you all the way until August 1st. Well, if you were a teacher or an assistant or a 10-month assistant principal that went to an AP or went to a principal position, the city never paid you the remainder of your summer check. They just increased your salary. The problem with that was you had already earned those summer checks by working from September 1st until the last day of school. So you were entitled to those summer checks that had nothing to do with your promotion. And many APs and principals figured this out and they did a class action suit against the city 
I don't know when it started because I've also found it difficult to find like the information out about this. It's called the Kelly Abrams Abrams Wits Awards. And so if you transition during the time period of the of the case, you received all of that back pay that you missed that summer. And the reason that I say all of that back pay, because someone like me who has gone from teacher to AP to teacher to AP to principal, I had several instances of this happening. So it was a significant amount of funds that were owed to me that I had no idea about and did not know to expect. And why is expecting it important? So like I said earlier with the retro raises, when they come in, you know, like when they're coming and therefore you can increase your contributions to your retirement accounts or you can increase your savings rate, whatever you want to do with that money instead of it coming in and you not being intentional about putting it somewhere, When it just shows up one day, yes, I was excited. Yes, I was ecstatic. But I also had this little sense of fear of like, oh my God, what am I going to do with these funds? Because I wanted to be intentional about them. So this episode or what I actually did, I'm sharing with you, also will spur probably my next episode. And that's about a high yield savings account. So I have a high yield. Well, I thought I had a high yield savings account with Capital One Um, 360. It started off as an ING account. Then it went over to Capital One 360. But I was looking because that's where I keep my emergency fund. I was looking for a competitive high yield savings account. And what I realized is I've made it too easy to access that account and I kind of want to make sure that I get back to my actual six months cash reserve that I want to have. And I felt like I needed to move it to another bank so that I don't conflate or, you know, tap that money for, I don't know what reasons, but sometimes I can admit I am not perfect. Sometimes I tap that emergency fund for things that may not always be an emergency. But that's because of, you know, everything's automated, that sort of thing. But I'm not perfect. Things happen. So in my search for this account, I didn't want to add, just have another account added. I was looking at what my other banks were offering because it would make it easier to move it. But long story short, I decided to open my account, my um, new true emergency or FU account in Vanguard because I already have a a brokerage account with Vanguard and they were offering like 4.07 interest. And I know I can get higher somewhere else, but I didn't want to start adding other accounts on and having my money all over the place. So because this lump sum came in from this settlement, I decided to take all the money and just put it in that account, utilize that account to start it. I will then take the money out of my 
Capital One 360 account, and I will put it in that account as well. But part of the reason that I'm doing that and what that caused me to do was to check the interest rate on what I thought was my high yield savings account in Capital One. So guess how much interest I was earning in that Capital One account? When I signed up for it many years ago, it was probably like 6 or 7% or something like that. And I knew that it had lowered because interest rates had been going so low. But what I was surprised to see was that although Capital One is advertising a 4.35 interest rate for their high yield savings account, my account was actually only earning 0.3% interest, which was a sock to my system. And that will be another episode. This episode is about using your raises and being intentional with the money. So I will do an episode about that as I do more investigations as to how and why it was so low when Capital One is advertising a 4.35. I don't want to bad bad mouth them until I read all the fine print and see exactly what's going on with that. But all of that is to say, think about when you get these raises, what you're going to do with them. Be intentional about the funds. Don't allow lifestyle creep to steal your joy on the back end because those things and that I shared with the teachers last week was, I call them goals and handcuffs. So when you're a poor college student or you're new to the workforce, especially as an educator, you don't have a lot of, um, generally a lot of essentials. But as you earn more, things start to become essential. For example, you may have only gotten manicures on special occasions when you first became a teacher, but as your salary grew, you would say, hey, I need a manicure every two weeks. And now it has become essential because how, how can you walk out the house without your manicure? You may have packed your lunch or even ate school lunch every day because you know, you got a discount on it as a new teacher. (laughs) But as you grew, your salary grew, being able to order out lunch may be your new thing. And so now being able to eat out every day is essential for your lifestyle. We won't even mention things like children, homes, spouses, all those sorts of things. And so if your lifestyle starts to creep it becomes more expensive to be you and you need to always track your spending so that you know how much it costs to be you so that you can calculate your financial independence number to know when you're ready to retire. So if you ask what's the highest leverage action step that you can take with your raises when they come is once they are announced and the dates of when you will receive the money, sit down and think about what you want to do with it way before that money comes in. So I didn't have that opportunity with this um, arbitration, but I will have the opportunity with the raises that are coming. 
And if you plan for it, it's more likely that you will do it and the more successful that you will be. So if you know you're going to get an increase in your June 1st check and you want to increase your contribution to your retirement accounts, then start the work. Start going to TRS, Deferred Comp, and say, okay, I know that's coming. So on May 1st, you know, you have to understand how when that system updates on May 1st, I will go and put the paperwork in so that it happens for my July 1st check. The Department of Human Resources, DHR, sends out emails. So they generally warn you and give you the opportunity to increase so you can look out for those emails. If you don't want them to go into your retirement accounts, it may just be as simple as increasing your automatic deductions for your savings account. If you've set it up like I do, we get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Um, by the 17th of the month, my emergency fund is money is being drafted straight from my checking account for my emergency fund so that I'm sure that it's going where. So if I was saving $200 a month and I knew I was going to get an increase of $100 for every pay period, then I would just, instead of putting $200 a month, I would put $300 a month uh, into that account. Therefore, I'm being intentional and putting it in that emergency account or some other account may also give me buffer and time to figure out, well, maybe I do want to increase my investing. And so instead of putting that money in savings, I can now direct it from savings to investing. You just have a lot of options. So yes, be happy, be excited, celebrate your raises, but be intentional about what you're going to do with that money so that you don't experience lifestyle creep and you're able to retire at the time that you want to or you're able to hit a savings goal that you've set for yourself sooner than you thought you would because you've been intentional about where you put your raises. Thank you for listening and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...